Hello everyone and welcome to Walford Weekly, your EastEnders podcast. This week we'll be discussing the episodes broadcast in the UK on the BBC from Monday the 3rd to Friday the 7th of May. I have nothing witty to say, not that I ever say anything witty anyway, here's Rob. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Hello, how are you? Hi Rob. Oh, I'm Alex as well, by the way. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's, good. That's a great start. Well done. And I was just thinking then, you got through the entirety of that introduction. It's a little yeah. bit of behind the scenes knowledge here, listeners. Normally, when Alex does that, it's normally around attempt five that you hear when um, when he introduces the show. But you got through that whole thing there. Well done. Mm. Well done. Have you had a nice week, Rob? Been up to anything yeah, fun? Yeah, not too bad. No, nothing whatsoever. I had a very boring week. The weather here has been rubbish. I'm looking out the window now and it's peeing it down. Literally nothing exciting to report this week, I'm afraid. I've just been playing with my new laptop and stroking yeah. it. So that, that, you know, it's just beautiful. I love her so much. I think I got calling her Suki. Wait, I th- you thought you announced it was going to be called Suki last week? Oh, did I? Yeah, no, mm. I'm officially... Yeah, no, she's officially been christened Suki. Okay. Did because you use... she's silky. Silky Suki. Silky Suki. I hope you didn't use it like holy water or anything like that, because you'll damage Suki. Oh, God, no. No. I'm, I, when I, normally, when I record this podcast, I've got a cup of tea right next to me. Right? Mm. Since I've got this laptop, my tea has a completely different place on the other side of the desk to where... <laughs> I mean, I've never knocked a cup of tea over on this desk in my life, but you know it will happen, don't you? It's a sod's law, and I will pour it all over my brand new Suki Silky laptop. So, no, I, my tea is right on the other side of the desk, and there it will remain. Good, because you have a habit of breaking electrical items. Things. For instance, Everything. your UBS, yeah. your UBS uh, cable, <laughs> UBS USB. <laughs> God, yeah, I trod uh. <laughs> on that and discovered that it was broken two minutes before we started recording an episode. <laughs> so, it, yeah. Oh, Rob, I'm broken. I need. I need. We're, we're both broken. We're both messes. Help me, Rob. So, on that note, let's talk about EastEnders. <laughs> Right, lots of stories this week, but nothing really happening. Does that make sense to you yeah, if I say quiet that? Quiet week. Mm. Quiet week, I think. Starting off with Karen then. Bailey has run away. She's been gone a full week now, or a full week in EastEnders world land. Yeah, it's a couple of days. Episodes, <laughs> yeah, which has been about a couple of days. Um, yeah. And Karen and Mitch have pretty much lost any faith with the police finding Bailey, and faith in the community as well, um, as everyone was kind of giving them gift baskets but not the support they really needed i mean i was with karen on this you've got a child that's gone missing you're pulling your hair out with absolute worry and then you come home and you find just a little box on your doorstep not even given to you personally (laughs) just the doorbells have been rang and the person giving it has run away and you just pull out a couple of bath bombs so (laughs) that's any help to you whatsoever i was fully behind karen this week i thought she was fully justified in uh, in having a go at everybody and my god did she have a go at everybody mm, right in the middle lorraine of the stanley square. this week mm. lorraine stanley this week hello there lorraine stanley well that a great performance this week i thought i know it was, it was a long time coming we've deserved a yeah. bit of lorraine stanley action we do it was <laughs> fabulous um lots of things happened on the, the the market in the market didn't it on bridge street uh, yeah. with lorraine she was like throwing the bath bombs onto the floor with the wicker basket then she went running yep. into the laundrette <laughs> destroying yeah. that i mean i would i wish they'd shown on screen what they had done I, instead I mean, of showing that tells us we haven't got a laundrette set anymore on no. the sort of set of EastEnders, have we? That's gone. <laughs> well, it's lucky Mr. P is doing it up with his own expenses. Mm. Lucky for us. Yes. But I did love that have they you showed... Have seen the game, were you? Ben was. It's Ben who's got who's ah. a fan of his... Uh... 
He's yeah. Mr. P. Um, okay. I did like the reaction shot of Sherry. Yes. Sherry kind Shari. of just stood, stood there, kind of looked lucky, her Horrible. eyes widening. I wish, I wish they'd shown something, though. Like, just something, so we could have seen, just like, the rain. Just a washing machine flying out of the yeah. window yeah. yeah. I mean, what what did she do in there that caused so much damage? Oh, apparently, absolute destruction. Smashed washing machines. Maybe she knocked over a couple of those little um, tubs of washing um, washing up powder. There's washing up powder everywhere on the floor of the laundry at the moment. Mm, maybe she tore down that 50p change machine that's been in there since, since forever. I love that machine. <laughs> they yeah, never get rid I of that. How many 50p's are in there now? She could have. Mm. She should have pulled that off. She'd have had a right. All money problems are all well, sorted now. I've nicked, I've nicked the 50p machine off the wall. <sighs> the only Karen had thought it through. You see, she was so blind with rage, she didn't think it no. through properly. Um, she did a appeal. Appeal. Thank you. She did a public appeal uh, yes. for Bailey, um, where she again had a bit of a breakdown because she she said that she watches these appeals and judges them so feels like she's being judged herself which just imagine that karen's form of entertainment which is at home <laughs> the thing on the telly i'll oh, sit and watch on these public appeals ah look at her it's like you've been framed to karen about <laughs> yeah constantly flicking through the news channels to find an appeal um i can't remember the last time i watched one of those appeals on tv quite a frequent frequent thing on like tv on tv dramas aren't they not just like eastenders but like it's a it's a it's a quite a common thing to see on telly and i genuinely can't remember the last time i watched one not lie certainly i mean i've seen them on local news where they shown like clips of it um yeah i mean jack helpfully said if you want to phone the numbers at the bottom of the screen <laughs> just <say that>. <laughs> <laughs> just That's so uh policeman. i know he knew what graphics were being put up on the screen there yeah. and then. <laughs> Just imagine him doing that thing that they do on children's TV where he's waving his hand. <laughs> Vote here now. Here's the number. Ring that number. Uh, or on the Disney Channel when they have that magic wand and they mm. make the Mickey Mouse ears. Yep. You're watching the Disney Channel. I'm Jack yeah, Brannan. Or, <laughs> or on a YouTube channel. Click this button to subscribe. <laughs> I mean, Jack Brannan, teleprompter away from hosting his own live TV show on a, on a morning. Wasted on, his, wasted on Albert mm. Square. Mm. He could do Crime Watch. Eight. They've got that crime watch show in the yeah. morning, haven't they? Jack Brandy yeah. would suit that to the T. Perfect. Yes. Absolutely perfect. Oh. Um, there were a few sort of uh, comparisons this week, kind of subtle comparisons to possibly sort of the Shannon Matthews case, weren't there? When they were, you know, because people had commented on the page that had been set up for Bailey's uh, appeal and saying that the parents were, like, they took one look at Karen, who were turned up, like, you know. Just as Karen normally looks, but just in a suit. <laughs> We're not even <laughs> like a suit, she a jacket. Just put a jacket on. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, you know, when Karen's looking smart, she puts a jacket on and just does a and puts her hair up a little bit higher than it normally is in a ponytail. It's a very um, important occasion. Were, it is. Uh, and they were saying things like, you know, they'd clearly taken one look at Karen and thought that, you know, Bailey was being hidden under the bed or something like that, weren't they? <laughs> um, which I thought was an intro which I thought was an interesting commentary, actually. Mm, because you, mm. you're absolutely right. I think since the Shannon Matthews case, I think you do look at people like Karen and possibly the, you know, a slightly negative opinion automatically goes on to these people because you're looking at them and thinking, well, really, really? Oh, you're skint, are you? Mm, what a surprise. So I thought, I thought that was quite an interesting commentary. Mm, I agree. It's, it's, it's similar to the theory that if you hear a female, if, if it's a female pilot or a female surgeon population tend to immediately We're gonna die. Yeah, exactly. Immediately <laughs> think that die. they're not in safe hands. While if it's a male voice, they instantly feel yeah. more safe. Oh. And it's the same I'll with 
Mm. And it's the same. So if you see someone who's quite well off or wealthy giving an appeal, yeah. you're more likely to trust them than you would say mm. like a Karen. So, yeah, I thought that's a really interesting look. And Mitch, yeah. Mitch kind of felt like he was being judged by the police as well because they were constantly searching the flat and they were looking for things. And they were they were reassuring Mitch and Karen that they're only doing it as part of routine. But Mitch felt like he was being specially isolated. Yeah, mm. I liked that. That was good. That was interesting. Um, we saw Bailey at the end of the week as well, didn't we? She was there with yes. Banjo. Ban- poor Banjo. Banjo's the one <laughs> who's been ban- dog-napped. What has Banjo done to deserve this? Honest <laughs> to God. He's just been kidnapped by this poor girl who's been forced to live on the streets. I know. I know. It's so unfair. It's Banjo I feel sorry for. Why is no one making t-shirts with Banjo's face on it? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think a Banjo helpline needed to be set up. Denise and uh, Rainey have set up a full-on force now, haven't they? By yeah, <laughs> In the pub. HQ. Yeah, in the Vic. They, they've got a map of Wolford <laughs> County. <HQ. laughs> yeah. Um, they got a phone number. Isaac, let's move on to Isaac because we saw hints this week of him, you know, he's come off his pills and he was yes. slowly getting a little, a little not Isaac, less, less controlled, yeah, more frantic. He realised that the phone number of the posters that he had printed were incorrect. It was missing a number. So he was storming around, ripping them down, mm. was was bit, very upset with himself. He was starting to do a CSI style pin board in uh, Patrick's yes. living room where he had like string connecting to Banjo the dog yeah. and then Bailey yeah. and places on the map. I mean, we're yeah. starting to see now that Isaac... Uh, is beginning to unravel a little bit and uh, Lola again Lola grown up Lola where this Lola came from where why she hasn't been around for such very (laughs) odd she's starting to spot it yeah sensible Lola is like gay supporting Phil isn't it it's very (laughs) odd it's very very odd I mean we'll talk about it next uh, later on the show but my god Phil was (laughs) a real rainbow warrior this week wasn't he (laughs) wasn't he just wasn't he just um yeah no it's quite mad um everybody in the square seemingly is yeah we will talk about the balance story later but it seems that you know everybody in the square is better copper than Callum because they've all got they're looking at (laughs) and making inquiries and looking at maps and all that sort of thing Mm. that's how you do policing yeah. So, where are we going with Isaac? Do you think where Isaac is um, obviously getting a bit attached to Bailey? He's off. He's he's obviously going to be upset because Bailey. He's very close to Bailey. He was the one who got her that placement in the space camp. So I think he feels yeah. like he's slightly responsible for the pressure that perhaps caused Bailey to run away. Yeah, possibly. I think that. Yeah, I I think what what's going to happen is we're going to see ba- um, Isaac get in completely obsessed over this thing now. You know, I can sort of, and and it might be interesting to see whether his paranoia umbrellas to the emergency services as a whole, because we've already seen that he's already he's already got a lot of doubt in the NHS, you know, because he's getting rid of his pills and all that sort of thing, as you do. Um, so it'll be interesting <laughs> to see if the um, if this paranoia kind of goes out to police as well, whether he thinks that they're doing everything that they can to find Bailey, whether he'll find Bailey and try and keep her safe. Maybe and sort of keep it, keep her hidden at home. And Bailey, I think, would be well up for that because I will find Isaac can afford to keep me. <laughs> can't, so that's fine. Um, so that's where that's my prediction. I think that Isaac's going to find Bailey and then sort of his paranoia is going to keep building up and he's going to hold on to Bailey and, keep, and try and keep her in inverted commas safe. That's my prediction. Do you think then he'll tell um, Karen that he's found no. Bailey or keep it to no. himself? <laughs> no, oh, I think right. He'll keep it to himself. That's oh, what okay. my prediction is. Yeah, that's my prediction. I think he's going to sort of basically kidnap Bailey, but not in his brain as it being kidnapped. He's just going to be trying to keep her safe from all these dangerous forces that are outside. That's my prediction. 
Mm, poor Bailey. I mean, obviously, we only poor saw girl. her on the street for a short time this week um, in a real dangerous and vulnerable position. Um, yes. I mean, now, I saw someone on Twitter this week saying, oh, well, that's unrealistic, isn't it? Who just walked by a kid on the street? And it's like, all <laughs> oh, right, when was the last time you stopped and spoke to a kid that you mm. saw on the street? Go on, let's, let's have a list of these times that you've helped the homeless children <laughs> of London. It's a shame that the police aren't really spotting it though i mean bailey she can't be oh, moving no. around too much i mean to how to... far eight year old have gone <laughs> she's probably got on one train gone to the next stop and then she just sat on sat on the street it looked like it was in a city london it looked like it was you know kind At of least. like oxford street or you know around around yeah. that area so she's she... not gone to edinburgh is she she's no. still in london she's still in the immediate area and in effect she's safe and out in the open so you would think that someone will see her at some point soon, but hmm. probably not. Jack mentioned this week, which I thought was a bit of a sore subject, considering that CCTV was broken on the uh, Wolford train line, that he yeah. was going to scour through all the CCTV in C- of London and see if he can find Bailey. And it just instantly made me think, oh, but no, it's broken, Jack. Because only that's... on the Wolford Underground oh. is CCTV broken, <laughs> and only on Wolford East Station is, mm. is the CCTV broken. But then couldn't they use that CCTV footage to spot people walking into the Wolford uh, Station? Anyway, I'm not I'm not retreading old ground here. I'm not retreading old ground. I'm still I'm still very bitter about Kush's death, as you can tell by. By, <laughs> by the way, I'm reacting here. Um, I'm really worried about Bailey, though. Um, I didn't think about almost the kidnapping Isaac taking Bailey story, but I am worried that she's going to get herself into trouble on the streets. Uh, Do you think they've done? Oh, they've, yeah. They've done a few uh, homeless stories in the past with uh, characters in EastEnders. Diane, uh, when Frank yes. uh, Frank was looking for her, and she found a few allies, a few friends. Do you think Bailey will find some friends on the streets? Uh, no, I think that she'll probably have some stranger will go oh little girl come with me i'll keep you safe and he'll turn out to be this horrific pedophile i know i worried about that it's it's an interesting story i must say it's it's uh... i think it's been the story of the week certainly i mean i suppose it was supposed to be the story of the week but i i it was the strongest part of the week and i like i say i thought lorraine stanley was amazing this week so that's that's good yeah Another story or a, uh, a character that's come out of the woodwork is Bobby. He's back to dating and he's got Dana back as well. So, uh, you know, the Wrong girl... girlfriend, Bobby. <laughs> well, I liked Dana. I thought she was quite sweet. Um, there was moments when I did worry when Peter was introduced in the story at the end of the week that oh, Peter was going to ruin it by sleeping it's with Dana. To, it's just natural to worry when Peter comes <laughs> and rears his head and <laughs> I know. disappears. I know. Um, yeah, he was he was doing his face acting again this week and it was just, well, it was Peter. Poor Bobby. All the young characters. I feel so sorry for the young characters in Wolford right now. Uh, Poor Bob- youth of Wolford. <laughs> yeah, I know. Bobby... Bobby doesn't really know what to do with himself, does he? He's feeling a little bit lost still. Um, he's regretting his life, isn't he? Mm. He's regretting that creating this gangster character because he seems to because his this what was it Robert Hill apparently owns Wolford East uh, and he apparently has a nan that needs helping uh, like in and out of the bath. But he pointed out Kathy to uh, this new girl this week, Dana, and said, "Oh yeah, no, that's that's my nan and her carer, meaning Peter, and then implying that Peter needs to help her out of the bath and all that sort of thing." <laughs> you just need to take one look at Kathy and know that that woman does not need any help coming Mm-mm. out of the bath. Kathy practically sprinted out of that out of that cat. You know, you don't look at many eighteen-year-olds and think she needs help getting out of the bath, just like you wouldn't with <laughs> Kathy. She could cartwheel into a bath. She could. Mm. 
She could, yeah, she could. She could build her own baths, could Kathy. She's a youthful queen. <laughs> she probably So good did. luck with that, Bobby. <laughs> better lies. This started because of Kathy, actually, because Kathy asked whether he was going to, if Bobby was going to take a plus one to the big ball and bash wedding, um, and Bobby <laughs> felt a bit like, oh no, I've got no one, and so he wanted to play the field. Signed up to Foxcatcher, even though he's yeah. on a perfectly respectable dating app, he decided to try Foxcatcher for size. Um, Kim then decided that he, she didn't want him on the books because he was an ex-convict, which... Um... I mean, that's limiting her customer resources <laughs> if she, she lives in Walford. I thought that too. <laughs> Anybody who goes into that cafe has practically got a criminal record. <laughs> mm. It surprised the character Vi this week because she compared Bobby to a vanilla slice, saying that one of those would be more butcher than himself which I thought was a great line. <laughs> it was. At a point as well, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll talk more about Vi uh, later on, but it was nice that they were kind of integrating her immediately into... Quite quickly. Yeah, into the, the Bill family as well, which I thought was interesting, that she was getting, you know... So she's not just part of the highway, she's also part of Ben's family too, unbeknown to her. I don't know whether, I don't know whether that was necessarily integrating him as, so much as just sort of establishing that this woman doesn't care. And will say anything she likes to anybody um, and probably never seen a scene between Vi and Bobby ever again. But it's yeah, no, it's it, like I say, we'll talk more about Vi later, but she's an, she's a good she's a good addition. I mean, I um, wanted her to have a scene with Kathy, really, because obviously Kathy being Ben's mum. Yeah, that will happen. That will happen, I think. Cause I think she'll look at Kathy and think, right, well, this is a woman I need beauty cosmetic tips from. Um <laughs> It's in, yeah, so the Bobby thing is going to... It's all going to crash and burn, isn't it? Because he's already feeling guilty about all his lies. He's quickly working out, I have no idea how to keep this going. He's sort of trying to juggle all these plates that he's created. And now he's got Peter sort of poking, her, poking his head in and giving him completely contradictory advice as to what he actually believes is is helpful to keep a girl um interested so yeah i don't think dana's long for this uh long for this world sadly oh it's such a shame because I, I say i like dana i like i like the interaction of the, although very limited of what we've seen on screen but it's nice that she i, I just in the in the back of my mind i feel like dana knows that bobby is being a little bit yeah. sneaky with the truth you know she's kind of pushing the envelope a little bit kind of making things up and well she might be sticking around i mean she sat on she sat on arthur's bench didn't she? <laughs> right. she yeah she did and not many not many guest characters get to do that so mm. maybe that's a sign that she's sticking around she gets magic dust anyone who sits on that bench gets the magic dust of a stuck yeah a six-month contract coming that yeah, way there you go that's yours <laughs> Just talk about Peter really quickly. He had nothing to do with the gym. Isn't he meant to be working at the gym as a personal trainer? Because yeah, that opened this. this week. I thought he was. Basically. Well, they've had a they've had um, a mock yeah, no, grand I... opening, didn't they? They had a mock grand opening. <laughs> what is a mock grand opening? Well, I don't know. Well, basically, it's a grand opening without the champagne. That's how Sharon. Uh, <laughs> announced I don't it. believe for a second that Sharon would do anything about champagne. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, Nancy is working there, so I'm I'm just surprised that Peter's not because I thought the whole reason for Sharon opening this gym was for to get Peter on board and have him working there, but yeah. now he doesn't seem to have anything to do with it at all. It's just Zach, Sharon, and Nancy working there, <laughs> which is fine. <laughs> um, no, I yeah, yeah I think well, he'll, I'm sure he will because like, otherwise because. That, that scene where Sharon goes, well, all right, you can have this job, was literally the only mention that Peter's had about the gym whatsoever. There's been no involvement mm. whatsoever, like you say. So my thought is, what was the point of including that scene if Peter isn't going to have anything to do with it? But I'm sure once Peter, once the gym is properly open, we will see more of Peter and won't that be fun? 
we are going to now announce something of our of our own without champagne, but with orange juice. <laughs> Unless no, you want to tea. I was going to say, do you want to pop open a bottle of champagne for this? Or it's a bit early for me. To be really? fair, what time is it? We're too really rock. <laughs> From what no, I've heard, it's, it's never too. Why early. am I lying? No, I'm lying completely. I love a vodka. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, ladies and gentlemen. Allow us to introduce the fourth annual Wolford Weekly Awards. So for the fourth year running, we are launching the Wolford Weekly Awards. Anyone who's uh, familiar with them, we have eight categories. Uh, It's Best Bitch, Best Newbie, Best Exit, Hero of the Year, Miss Wolford, Mr. Wolford, Best Ensemble Performance, Best Male Performance and Best Female Performance. But this year, we're having an extra category just to celebrate all things EastEnders. We have the what were they thinking? Participation rosette. Um, it is a celebration, honestly. <laughs> now, we're just going to briefly go through each category, um, but the awards are now up and ready to vote for as you listen to this. If you go to bit.ly slash awards 4 that's the number four, bit.ly slash awards 4 and you can vote straight away. You get one vote for each category. And don't forget to share it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook or anything you socialise with people on so everyone can get a vote in and you have until midday on Monday the 17th of May to get your votes in. Now Rob let's start with best bitch. Suki (laughs) Panasar. Right there you go and moving on. No best bitch then so uh, this is this this is basically someone who you you love you love to hate you love Love to to watch them on screen being nasty and evil and mean and the nominations are Vi Highway, Suki Panasar, Peter Bill, Dottie Cotton, Chelsea Fox, Ruby Allen, Max Branning and D.I. Gaffney. <laughs> you put put best bitch under um, Max Branning as best bitch and D.I. Gaffney as best bitch. I think that's fabulous. <laughs> well, of course, of course. It's an umbrella term. It really <laughs> is. Gender <an> um- fluid. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it is. Peter Bill's on there too, don't forget. Yeah, it's true, that's yeah. true. We've always, we've always been uh, very open to the male-female bitches of EastEnders. Uh, as you can tell by your presenting team. Yeah, exactly. Um, so who are you, do you lean toward for best bitch? Suki. Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay. For everything, for every single one of these categories, even best exit, even though she hasn't left yet. Um, no, for, for me, I'd say Suki. For me, it's Suki. Mm-hmm. Um, Dottie would be a close second. Yeah, because I think Dottie is quite a natural sort of bitchy person. Um, I would, I would argue Vi is maybe for me a little bit early in her proceedings to really be categorised as a best bitch. But you know, for some of you, she might have immediately encaptured that bitchy vibe that you're thinking yes that's 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 that vote for vi um so yeah but for me it would be suki and dotty what about you uh i must mean i'm leaning towards suki but then you know we're fans uh i mean di gaffney you have to say we did moan a lot about what he had been doing on the show exactly so i think on the strength of that alone he's pretty much up there for my bitch as well to be perfectly (laughs) frank um vi did sneak in just snuck in she was on the show this week so she got to get in this as a category last minute so you know it'd be it'd be a surprise if she made it but as I say, this is an open vote to the listeners. We have no control whatsoever. We're just giving you our opinions right now, but we have mm. no control over the winner of this these categories. So 
you know, it's all up to you guys. As is Best Newbie. Now, the nominations are Zach Hudson, Violet Highway, Frankie Lewis, Mila Marwa, Lily Slater, Chelsea Fox, Katie Lewis and Ellie Nixon. Again, anyone... A couple of recasts in there. Yes, I yes, yes. So uh, we're looking at the obviously the new character. If they come back, so it's the same actor or actress, then they wouldn't be a newbie. It's because they've they've got a new face. Yeah. <laughs> yes, um, best newbie for me. I mean, I would say Frankie has made the biggest impact so far, hasn't she? Mm. I think she, you know we both love Frankie. Frankie's a great character. It's an interesting uh, new thing to have a deaf character on the square so and you know she's been part of quite a big story since she's come back so for me i'd say frankie and i think that mila is slowly sort of becoming a lot more interesting now as well after a very ridiculously quiet start she's Mm. now uh starting to step forward again zach i feel is going to start coming a bit more to the forefront in the coming months uh and obviously violet has made quite a making a quite an impact already and she's only been in two episodes so far um but we'll uh yeah we'll see but for me i'd say frankie and mila yeah i again mila if, if only she'd been not she had her story introduced a little bit sooner and we've gone a li- progress a little bit further i genuinely think mila would have been my vote for this one yeah. interesting you never chose any of the recasts you didn't choose lily or chelsea uh, like I, say, I mean I, I think i've been quite vocal i'm not a massive fan of lily nothing against the actress she's a good act she's a good young actress but I, they've not made lily in the slightest bit likable for me so i wouldn't <laughs> categorize her as best newbie to be fair, fair um chelsea again great actress but the fact that that whole story has actually coined a catchphrase on this podcast as in it is what it is that doesn't bode well <laughs> well we, we'll get to that a little bit later mm. um <laughs> best exit now and the nominations for this is Chantel atkins bronson the dog kush kasimi tina carter max branning Jags Panasar, Habiba Ahmed, and Ian Bill. I mean, a couple of them were much quieter than others. Was does that Bronson does that make the dog. <laughs> I thought Bronson the dog had a bigger exit than Tina, technically, huge, huge, yeah. <laughs> in comparison. Yeah. Um, and Ian kind of just walked off the square, didn't he? I mean, yes. the subtle, the subtlety, Trump more dramatic scenes in, in your opinion i mean it's 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 about you know if you're saying best exit it's going to be something that really sticks in your mind as something that you found enthralling and exciting to watch as opposed to somebody just sort of walking away with their head held high because who wants to watch that for me best exit i mean for a start you look at that list and you're kind of surprised by how much involvement gray has in some of those exits. Yes. quite a large <laughs> quite a large responsibility list really isn't it um for me i would say chantelle's exit you know and i'm talking purely about the episode where she died which was really high quality mm. it was amazing i mean the week um, was good quality I, the, the build-up to yeah, it was it, so it was. tense it was and um you know ignoring everything that's happened afterwards which we'll come to later <laughs> uh you know i'd say chantelle's at atkins death and exit was really memorable and that would be my number one choice uh, uh and then i suppose <sighs> are you gonna say kush because I mean, I don't know if I can say that Cush's exit was the best, though, because it made me so annoyed. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because I thought it was incredibly dramatic. And you I said... might say Max, you know, for a second. Oh, really? It was quite. It was a good it was exit. Quite character... It was a good exit. I thought the whole episode was quite character-based. You know, it was mm. very sort of based on Max's character, and I think they did the best with um, something so subtle, something so quiet. It gave him such a quiet exit, but I thought it was quite understated and nice. So I'd say Chantelle mm. and Max for me. Yeah, I think Max also for me, because I sympathised with Max, which is a rare thing for me to say. Yes. <laughs> I, I, find, yes. I used to find it hard for, to, to sympathise with Max Brenning. Um, yeah, I mean, 
I I wish Tina had a bigger exit, but she was quite it was quite interesting that she was wrapped up like a sandwich and kind of thrown into the boot. But, but 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 that's the thing. See, for me, she's still alive. I think. Yeah, I we're hope. both holding on to this vain hope. Even the fact that we've seen Gray <laughs> now murder somebody with absolutely no issues. What's you know he stood there and watched Cusk get sliced in half by a train and then walked away with a hood over his head. So clearly, <laughs> he's got no issues with killing people. But I'm still clinging on to. <laughs> slightly fading hope that Tina is tied up in a shed somewhere. Hmm. A real hard category this year, I must say, was the hero of the year because I personally didn't find that anyone really properly stood out. And please correct me if I'm wrong, but here are the nominees. There's Sonia Fowler, Kulit Panasar, Mick Carter, Bobby Bill, Kathy Bill, Callum Highway, Patrick Truman and Jay Brown. Am I am I, I wrong? The thing is, I nominated Sonia for this category and I realised after I'd sent it to Alex that the only reason that I'd nominated Sonia for this category was that one scene where she was stood having knocked out a potential rapist while she was dressed as a leprechaun. <laughs> That's why I put Sonia on mm. this list. <laughs> so yeah, no, I totally get what you mean. Um, I think I would argue that Kirat and maybe Mick or Bobby have been possibly the but then you know there are people we have many voters who will see Callum on that list and think yep that's my hero so mm. it'll be interesting to see how Callum does on this it's, it's has Callum done much heroy stuff for you this year I mean <laughs> when they came back <laughs> when they came back from their break he did arrest that guy and we were introduced to him as a cop I suppose that's that's heroic. You're under arrest, my son. Yeah, I'm a cop. <laughs> I'm a cop. I'm coming, Jack. And isn't he good at it? And I suppose um, he's been quite brave trying to defy the Mitchells, and I suppose it's yes. that argument. I mean, could it... We're supposed to look at Callum and see that, yeah, if you're bringing down the Mitchells, technically you are a good guy, because the Mitchells are bad people, I suppose, <laughs> is what the view that we're supposed to be looking at, but yeah. Mm. But then you're also marrying into the Mitchells, so it's a little bit... It's a it's a foggy issue, <laughs> to say the least. I have to say it's Corit or Mick for me, Um, I think, because Mick has had such why. a... Well, well, for Mick, it's because he's just had such a... A, a horrible year. time and yeah and and he's he's found his way out of it you know he's fought his way out of it and he survived it and that's that you know that's that's really brave um and yeah. could it but you know he's he's supported a lot of the this female cast this week this year he's done it with stacy he supported uh sharon yeah. to buy the gym you know he's helped people along You're talking about women that he's gonna he's having or had sex with at some point both of them it's it's well, <laughs> he had sex with stacy <laughs> and was only went in you know picked her up off the road yeah very heroic thing to do but then taking her up to the office and having sex with her very heroic uh he you're saying that he helped sharon he's taken some furniture upstairs to the vic and gave her a bit of money also to get himself laid is that heroic but he he helped Sharon buy the gym. He he backstabbed his business partner Ben in order to do it. He um, did, and, and if you, yeah, you know, fair. and if he gets a layout of it, then all the power to him. That's what there I say. Go. Come on, Rob. You, you, I'm sure you've I helped. Do it. I was about to say. I'm sure you've helped one or the two people. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Do you need help with that sofa? Oh, I'll help you with these days. Oops, I just dropped my pen <laughs> and my trousers and my. Oh, look at what happened. Um, uh, Bobby is, a, is, you know, I think Bobby's uh, intentions are honourable, even though he's currently stringing a girl along and pretending to be somebody else, just to, again, just to get laid. Isn't sex a powerful thing? It really is. When you look at, here, when you look at being a hero. There's a, <laughs> there's a big debate to be had there, going back over the years, you know, even as far back as the days of Snow White. <laughs> I'm only helping 
this woman, and I'm only cutting my way through this jungle to get the woman at the end. Mm. Sex is a massive persuader, really, isn't it? Sex and money, isn't it, really? Sex and money. Talking of sex and money, Miss Wolford. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So it's not just sex appeal. It's about them having the charisma. They've got charm. They're unique. They're they're marvel to watch on screen. Whenever Mm. they come on, they just light it up. So it's not it's not a, a beauty contest, it's a personality contest. And with that in mind, we have Kathy Bills, Stacey Slater, Chelsea Fox, Whitney Dean, Tiffany Butcher, Ruby Allen, Habiba Ahmed, and Suki Panasar. Ah. See now I didn't know that that was your definition of Miss Walford, because I just sent in who I thought were the fittest women. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I mean we we all had choices, we all had choices we you know, we discussed as we put them in to the Maybe nominations. No, that says a lot about me and you. Clearly I go for looks over personality. <laughs> Who would you vote though for Miss Wolford out of those eight? Um, I would say Whitney. Okay. Um, she's been quite a she's been quite a uh, a big part of uh, the past year. Ruby as well. Going purely from what I assumed the category was about, which I thought basically was sexiest female, um, <laughs> I th- I threw in Habiba as well because Habiba was a gorgeous lady mm. and looked fabulous dressed as a bee. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. I love that you're kicking and screaming into the 2021. (laughs) I know, right? Sexiest views on females. What? As a gay man of mine, my archaic views on females, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I would argue Kathy Beale... Internal youth. Yes, absolutely. No, so would I. Absolutely. Uh, we Drank must say. from the fountain of youth at a young age and stayed there. Absolutely. I love a powerful woman, and that's why Suki. Yep. Suki, hundred percent. I would jump. I would jump on Suki. <laughs> Sorry. Would you? Would you? <laughs> uh, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, again, it's a real strong uh, category. Um, perhaps not as strong as Mister Wolford. Where? Yeah, go on. Give us this definition yeah. of, of 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 Mister Wolford and talk about Kira and not use the word sexy. Have <laughs> Wolford. Go on. I mean, Mister Wolford. You know, it's nice to have a a bit of muscle on screen now and then, but also they've they've got Your this... archaic views on the male society. <laughs> This stunning. This uh, a beautiful personality as well. And uh, their <laughs> nominations are Ben Mitchell, Corette Panasar, Zach Hudson, Peter Bill, Kush Kazimi, Vinnie Panasar, Callum Highway, and Keegan Baker. I think that there's going to be a real split vote for the uh, Ben and Callum That'll nomination. I have well, to say, that out. I know. Throw them both in and let them fight to the death. I, I, <laughs> I feel like we should have an extra, uh, like, who's better, Ben and Callum? Yeah, like, almost like Harry Hill. Fight! Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, you know where I'm heading with this. Clip Panasar. I mean, I put him in yes. the, I put him as a category. I, I just think he's. Dashing. Because you think he's an Adonis. Oh, I just think he's wonderful. I really do. do I think yeah. he's a swoon. lovely man. I've never, seen a, I've never seen a man swoon before, but you <laughs> swoon over Kira, don't you? I really Quite do. Really. I really do. And I worry, as we've discussed in the past, I worry about if I ever meet the actor. <laughs> I it's... don't worry. I, I greatly look forward to that day. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be an incredibly embarrassing situation for everyone That's involved. That's why I look forward to it. <laughs> Who do you vote for, Mr. Wolford? My things were Ben, Kira, Zach and Pete. But then you also said Keegan was on there, and Keegan's quite a hunk. But I, I, you know, as much as as much as we slate Peter on the podcast, I do think that the uh, the actor's quite a uh, yummy. So you know, maybe oh, you like a say Peter. You like a rotter, do you? You like a I like blonde. I like a blonde. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, I do like a blonde. <laughs> a wispy blonde. Um, wispy blonde. Yeah, who is quite happy to get naked and jog around the square like a man. <laughs> Uh, and newbie Zach has caught my eye as well, so maybe those two. 
All right, good, good, good. Right, so go. on back onto back onto a bit more serious matters then, and that's yes. the best ensemble performance. Uh, six this time for this category. <laughs> we have Mick, Linda, Katie, and Frankie for Katie's abuse revealed. Stacy, Ruby, and Martin for the miscarriage storyline. Lucas, Chelsea, Denise, and Patrick for Lucas's return. Rainy, <laughs> Stuart, and Tiff for the surrogacy story. Phil, Denise, Ellie, and Raymond for Denise's son, and Chantel and Gray for the domestic abuse death storyline. You this... just look at that and think, what a year. <laughs> <laughs> it does make you wonder, doesn't yeah. it, a little bit. Honestly, listeners, implore you, please do vote for Lucas's return as best ensemble performance just to hear our reaction to it. I'd love that. Um, I would have to say, in terms of ensemble performance, and again, I'm basing this purely on the episode and the run-up to the episode itself, I would say the best on that list would be the Grand Chantel stuff. Mm. Closely followed by Katie's abuse is revealed. And then... In quite a third place, I would say. Actually, I mean, I've just, I know I've, I've, I have, I have slagged it off, but I did, I did really enjoy all three of these stories. I actually thought the 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 miscarriage and love triangle between Martin, Stacey, and Ruby was really good fun to watch as well. Okay, fair enough. Um, I, we had a, I remember we had a proper laugh the week that we were talking about the Stacey stuff, so maybe that's just <laughs> eclipsed it. You just got a good memory of when we discussed it. I have. Yeah. Um, for me, it's the surrogacy story with Rainy and Stuart and Tiff. What? I know, okay. I know, but but I think it's purely on that scene, and I gushed about it at the time. Yeah, that girl. Yeah, I remember. You where saying. and and I I love Tanya Franks. I just think yes, she's a great actress. She's and, amazing. And ever since her return full time on EastEnders, what two three years ago, I've just been so pleased. Um, I I wish they just give her a little bit more but whenever she's yeah. on screen i just I, I enjoy her and that probably will lean toward my uh vote for the best female performance okay. which we'll talk about in a minute Makes but yeah but, but purely on tanya franks's performance and uh, being unfair really and also ricky champ i, I just yeah. think that they just played it really well between them so yeah for me the surrogacy story Fair enough. best male performer go. this time it's not about the character it's about the actor davud gadami rudolph walker adam woodyatt Danny Dyer, Toby Alexander-Smith, James Bai, Ricky Champ, and Jake Wood. Well, I mean, I mean, Danny Dyer always finds himself on these lists, doesn't he, his best performance, because Mick is such a big character and always is sort of at the forefront of the show. But mm. to be fair, Danny Dyer's had a good year, I think, in terms of, you know, I think he's the mix... That, I mean, we both absolutely gushed over the New Year's Day episodes, which were phenomenal in terms of both, you know, acting, character stuff, writing. It was a really, really good episode, and... You know, Danny's done really, really well this year. So I would maybe argue Danny Dyer. Davood, before he was leaving, he had had a big year. So I'd say Davood. I have a soft spot for James Bai. I think he's amazing whatever scene he's in. So those would be my three. Mm. I mean, Danny Dyer, like you say, he's he's always on the as a nomination for any award ceremony when it comes to yes. best male actor. He His best. character of Mick reminds me of Poochie from The Simpsons. And when Homer said, um, in every scene, everyone should ask, what's Poochie doing? Because they always need to somehow shoehorn Danny Dyer oh, okay. into a story somehow for me um but that's that's not a discredit him it's just that popular character a lot of the viewers like him um the Vic. and it's it's in the end exactly he's the he's unless the... your name's sharon you get a storyline if you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so i i mean i, I don't I, I like danny dyer so i i would definitely credit him but i think davoud for me as almost okay. a kind of like a i tip my hat for your final year so i think he just deserves a kind of one final yeah. well done because okay. he really played kush well there was never really a dull moment with kush even when he was given 
the odd dodgy story here and there. I think he still played it with full heart and commitment. I could say it all day, but I think it was a bit of a mistake to kill Kush. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I don't think they should have killed Kush off. But um, no, I, again, don't. broken record, broken record, Alex. Bad boy, sit down. Stop it, Alex. Next up, best female performance, and they are Louisa Litton, Kelly Bright, Jessica Plummer, Letitia Dean, Zara Abrahams, Belvinda Sopol. Lacey Turner and Tanya Franks. We've had some good performances from the girls this year, actually, haven't we? I mean, Jessica Plummer's performance in her final episode of Chantel was pretty stunning. That was quite heartbreaking. I'm supposed to Letitia Dean's had a big year, hasn't she? To be fair, Letitia Dean's eyes should be on here as well, because they're, they're, they're their own <laughs> performer. Um, I think Sharon's... Yeah, I mean, yes, we sort of we laughed at the story that she was having with Ian quite a lot. But at the same time, she did really well with it. Uh, and if you're talking about the grief that she went through throughout Dennis's death, I think she betrayed that really well. Um, mm. And Louisa Litton, I would say, has, has had a pretty strong year as well. Those are my three. I wish they'd do more with Belvinda Sopol. I love so do I. Suki. There's so much they could do with Suki, but I just, I from what we've seen on screen, 100%, I would give her the vote. But I just think mm. that. We want more from her. We but want again, more. That's not her fault. That's a writing thing. Uh, but... Just give us more Suki. We want to scratch away at her. True, hundred percent. I mean, again, Tanya Franks. You know my opinion on Tanya Franks. I've yes. just gushed about her yes. once already. Um, yes. So I think it would either be Jessica Plum or Tanya Franks for me. Either one of those two. Um, and then finally, the brand new category: <laughs> the What Were They Thinking Rosette. <sighs> Here we go. <laughs> Six stories <laughs> or things. Kush's death, music during Ian's calling the heist, Sharon yeah. poisoning Ian, Grey becoming a serial killer, Denise's slow motion scene, and Max and Linda's affair. <laughs> uh, I mean, where yeah. Do we start? Um, <laughs> I mean, right. So straight off the bat, I would say because I I know that the the Sharon and Ian storyline it upset you and Ben a lot more than it upset me. I get why you put it on there. For me, that wasn't the worst sin of the year. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, turning Grey into a serial killer has really annoyed me. For me, it's cheapened what was an incredible story. And then, of course, I slag off music whenever it appears in any, in any form whatsoever. <laughs> so it's a it's a cross between the slow-mo scene and the the, the rap music over Ian's phone call. Yeah, I mean, Ben did want to make it known that he had to, uh, he had to choose one scene. But if he could, he would have just basically done incidental music. <laughs> As, a, yeah, as an yeah, all-rounder. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, for me, Chris's death was a big mistake. But, as you know, yeah. I've said that enough times now. To reiterate, you're choosing the best of the worst here. <laughs> so you're choosing the yeah. thing that most irks you. So when you're voting, what most irks you of these six things? Yeah. The dictionary definition of WTF in your mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's so hard because they were all... Very annoying, but I think it has to be Denise's slow motion scene because I've oh, rewatched that we got scene. Some, we got, yeah, but to be fair, we got a whole game out of that. <laughs> we did, we did. That's true. One of my favourite games we've ever played, <laughs> to be fair. I've rewatched that scene so many times and it's just, oh, it's just so painful. Unnecessarily painful. So I mean, I also nominated Max and Linda's Affair. And I still feel justified in that, considering what happens with with uh, Mick and Linda this week. But yeah, uh, it's again, it's not the worst sin that's on there. So yeah, but like I say completely up to you. Let us know what you think. 
And um, yes, as Alex says, the voting is now open and the link will be in the description below if you're watching on YouTube. Absolutely. And it'll be in the show notes as well. You can find it on there or be on our Twitter or it'll be on our Instagram. But in case you want to go on there right now while you're carrying on listening to the show, or you can just stop listening for 10 seconds and then come back. Because it doesn't take long. 30 seconds of your time to vote. I did it before we started. He did. He did while I was moaning. He. (laughs) It's a bit dot. L-Y, that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash W-W Awards 4. That's the number four. Voting is open now. It closes at midday on Monday, the 17th of May. So you've got one week to vote because we'll be doing a special show that will be out oh. on Wednesday, the 2nd of June. Yeah. Rob, myself and Ben be on the show for the awards. And we'll all be talking in much more detail about what we think of the winners um, and who we really wanted to win. And <laughs> be a very bitter podcast. <laughs> yeah, it really will. And, uh, you know, send us your comments after you voted and let us know how you voted and let us know why you voted it. And we'll might read them out on the special episode which is on wednesday the 2nd of june where we'll be announcing the winners of the fourth annual wolford weekly awards so don't forget to vote bit.ly slash awards four that's the number four yes go on chop chop lovely so we hope you guys get voting really soon next up is nancy mick and linda linda has interfered with nancy's appointment just walked in and cancelled the appointment can you do that (laughs) is that a thing can you do that, really? Apparently, yes. I'm worried about my daughter. I, I want her still to be able to have children, so I'd like you to cancel her appointment, please. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then basically storms in and basically gets an appointment for herself while she's there as well. Mm, yeah, because she's now yes. discovered that she is pregnant and she's... Well done, Alex. She's, well done. She's, <laughs> she's worked out the dates and it's Max's little baby... Little baby, little baked beans little on the baked way. Little bean, yeah, that's it. And yeah, so we were right. Hooray you for us! Right. I didn't think this was coming. <laughs> I dreaded <laughs> the idea of the Carters having another child, but yeah, it's happening. Um, Not the first time I was right this week. I just like to add, but we'll be talking about that. A I bit later, will talk to you. I will talk to you about that later because I'm not convinced you didn't cheat. I swear but, I um, didn't. I swear I didn't. No, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. So little mini Max. I mean, I did say a few weeks back because I do, I still do think that it's a shame to have lost. I know you're not a massive fan of Max, but I think it's it's. I still think it's a shame to have lost Jake Wood. So it, this gives him a reason to come back in the future, doesn't it? Yeah, it's real, really weird that they had they that they literally had nothing they could do with. Max's character anymore and now they've given him a reason to be around yeah. and they've given Max a whole story to be there for <laughs> like this whole kind of fight between him and Mick could be going on right now mm. I'll mix that up you know that could still be ongoing and giving us a point to have the whole Mick and Linda affair in the first place and Max is gone <laughs> what is really going on mad. weird because they never left on good terms either I think Mick pretty no. much threw Max out of town you know like a cowboy and uh, it's, <laughs> and then and, and yeah, you're right. There's there's so much they could now do with Max's character. So and bad. It's yeah, very very strange. It's I like one night where they where Linda and Max had sex. One night, mm. and obviously, as is usual in the soap department, no one's ever heard of a condom. <laughs> they don't exist. Um, the the, con- the concept of latex didn't make it to Walford. Um, so it's yeah, we're now we've now got Linda pregnant. Now is this just an excuse to kind of get rid of Kelly Bright for a little bit while she has her baby in real life, or what? Is, what do you reckon? I think so. Yes, I believe it. It might be. Um, 
quickly on the uh, topic of Max and his supposedly super sperm, I think Brannings do have quite a potent, you know, mix inside of them. <laughs> that even sperm. with, well, even with a condom, I think it would break through somehow and find that 0.1% of being able to, you know, produce a child within a child. Yeah. <laughs> Running sperm have swords that they just yeah. can fight through rubber. <laughs> like, the prince, like the prince in Sleeping Beauty. Mm, mm, absolutely, 100%. But yeah, I think... This is Ke- Kelly's exit for a little while, but it seems as though Mick has accepted it almost mm, quite quickly. But well, I mean, I think I think he's almost kind of just admitted defeat. You know what I mean? It, it's like he's to me. Go on, sorry. No, I was going to say he just he seems to like have just. I've had this. I've got this problem with Katie. Katie of this week, we found out has decided that she's going to plead guilty oh, yeah. for the crime. All of this happening off screen is doing my head in. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. So they should be. We haven't seen the case. Katie since Shirley knocked her out in the street, have we? That's mm. that was the last time we saw Katie. And what are we just? This surely must be going towards Mick because they were talking about Mick going to court this week and the fact that he clearly wants to face Katie and talk about what she did to him and other people while she stood there and kind of had this presumably quite cathartic moment where he is basically able to expel all his demons and just talk about it in court and watch her get sent down. That's, mm. which, which totally makes sense, and I want to see that too, because otherwise this is stupid, because <laughs> all of this is happening off screen, and I don't want it to happen off screen, I want us to see what's happening, because the actress who played Casey, we have both said, is amazing, does a really good job at just creating this really sort of skin-crawling character. Um so yeah, we want to, we want to see her. My thinking on the whether Mick has accepted the whole Max and Linda baby thing, it to me it sounded sort of like we're not going to see Max and Linda, uh, we're not going to see Mick and Linda next week. Is my thought because it felt a little bit sort of you know like the block storytelling thing where they'll sort of end mm. it on a mini cliffhanger until we see the story again. Mick saying mm, I'm not great about it, but I guess we'll talk about it. That sounded very much to me as as in pause the storyline until we come back sort of thing you know what i mean i appreciate that i know what you're saying yeah no that makes sense i just felt a bit sorry for mick because again he just felt like he looked so tired like he why does, does everything have to happen to on. us like everything he's done a lot on yeah to be fair i completely sympathize with because they, he's had a busy busy week well they have three stories now there's nancy's <laughs> story there's yeah. linda's story where she's Paul pregnant yeah and mick's obviously got his own story to kind of Get no wonder he has to go and present the wall and have a break every now and again, <laughs> is it? I know. I mean, the Carters, they're hogging all this. We're saying, like, you know, give Suki more stories. You know, Karen deserves more. And it's because the Carters are hogging them all. Yeah, it's they, so mad that, like, the quietest that they were was when they weren't living in the village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just had one thing to worry about. And now they've got yeah. three. It's yeah. so, it's, I just feel sorry. Uh, so I just feel sorry for Mick. And I would completely sympathise if he just thought to himself, you know what, Linda, just have the this, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought Linda had a lovely moment when she was on the stairs and she said to Mick, yes. like, I can't do this on my own. I need you to be here with me, whether you support me or not. I need you with me. I thought that was a but lovely again, moment. again, that's more pressure. Going, yeah, it was a lovely moment. But again, that's more pressure on Mick. You know, he sat there nearly having a nervous breakdown because he's got all the women in his life, literally every single woman in his life giving him aggro at the moment. <laughs> You know, Nancy and Frankie are falling out. Linda's pregnant with another child. Shirley's Shirley. 
you know. <laughs> and he sat there gripping the door of the cellar while Kurt, while Linda sat there going, "I can't do it on my own." And he sat there with a vein popping out the side of his head. So you know, I yeah, I agree. Give Mick a break, bless him. Mm. Just have a night out with the lads and forget all his troubles for a few days. Well, as, as as I think, as you probably rightly predicted, at least he's got a week off now, so he can have a little bit yeah. of rest. You can breathe, so. breathe in that brown paper bag and stop him from having these <laughs> panic attacks that he inevitably will end up having at some point. Yes. <laughs> we have to talk about it then, I suppose. Here comes Balam rolling down the Yay! street. Their wedding has been cancelled. <laughs> Saint Violet is going to save this. I'm telling you now. I mean, let's talk about Violet because that's that's the main attraction this week. I Amazing think. Gwen Taylor. Yeah, she's she's really introduced herself into the role real quickly and quite comfortably. I think she's very good. Um, you know, very 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 London accent, which I'm sure will calm down in in coming episodes because <laughs> she's very sort of she's over London at the moment, isn't she? Hmm. Um. But she is, yeah, she's back. She's she's doing that really. It's like we said, an Aunt Sal role, isn't she? I'm not too keen on the idea that she's at the bottom of the credits list because I want her as around as a regular character, and I've got the feeling that she's gonna sort of be one of these characters that kind of pops in and out mm. occasionally, and that's not what I want from Vi because I want her around for the for the long run. But she's doing this role of basically where she'll she she's just there at the background throwing barbs at everybody, which is always fun to watch. <laughs> uh, and she had some amazing lines this week. Straight off the bat, you know, saying that Phil was a Bruce Willis type, pause if you squint. And calling Ben <laughs> Whitney all, all, all the first, her first episode made me howl. I loved that. I want that <laughs> just to continue to be a thing. Just calling him, oh, hey, Whitney. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> every what time. Mean, what do you think, Whitney? <laughs> <laughs> loved that. That's uh, brilliant. I like that Vi also said that she's dabbed with Piccolilli in the past, um, kind of yes. questioning Ben's sexu- uh, Callum's sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> Dread to think. Uh, and she also, she had a scene with Phil this week, which we alluded to earlier. <laughs> she, saw, she was sat there going, you know, talking about how it seems very odd to her that in the traditional constitution of marriage, it seems very odd for the gays to want to jump on it and make it their thing. And <laughs> Phil was literally standing there going, I don't have to listen to this, you homophobic old back. Mm. It's like, what has happened to Phil? He's turned into <laughs> Miss, Miss Pride left-wing lover. <laughs> He's like, well behind the gays, buying them honeymoons and all this sort of thing. If you think of the Phil that we had a few years ago, yeah, who was literally quite happy to sit and watch Ben get homophobically beaten up in mm. the street and walk away from it and now we've got phil who's he's i wouldn't say he's necessarily defending them to divide but at the same time was almost like yeah no this is wrong i don't have to sit here and listen to this and walk out it was very odd yeah he's really up on his uh rainbow really culture now isn't he he's, he's... I, half expect, I half expect him to start coming out with like according to the, to the national constitution of human rights 1968 <laughs> i could I, I think you're right phil Phil is just a changed man since like he's, mm. Callum's come along, which power makes, of Callum, which makes Callum's confession this week a little bit more right. harder to swallow. I think. Do uh, not give me this rubbish that you didn't know this was coming because I, you turned around to me and predicted it like letter for letter, and you live with someone. Your your partner does the spoiler videos for this podcast. I refuse to believe <laughs> that you didn't know any of this was coming. I swear to you, hand on heart, Cubs on her. <laughs> I was a scout for a year that I did oh. not know that they were going to... I just knew that they were going to bring back Bugging Phil at some Sorry, point. So you knew it. Oh, no, no, no. I didn't, I didn't know they were going to do it. I just, in my heart, felt like they were going to bring it back at some point. I didn't think they were going to bring it back before the wedding. I thought they were going to bring it back after the wedding. I thought they were going to get married and then Phil was going to find out. I didn't think they would do it before. Not that Phil has found out yet because i don't look at spoilers as as a rule if i I can help it Mm -hmm. i know about big things like huge things i look at trailers and all that sort of thing but i don't 
really I try not to read too many spoilers about what's coming up because I like to I like to have a gasp you know if I'm not watching these standards I'm w- walking up the stairs and gasping you know it's one of those things it seems basically <laughs> that the uh, <laughs> it seems basically that the uh, the wedding is at risk at the moment doesn't it because it Callum does. completely out of the blue confessed so you're out there I'm just um, laughing at your comment I go up the stairs and gasp <laughs> Uh, I think this came up completely out of out of the blue. In all honesty, well, it's because Callum said to Ben, "Did you murder Kush?" Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> yeah he said, "Which was a completely fair question." I thought. Oh, you really? Know, Did you murder I thought Kush? that seemed a bit well, unfair. It wasn't. Oh, come on! It wasn't unreasonable. It was it? only because Whitney was kind of earworming him, like into, into yeah. convincing him and thinking that that's what had happened. He lived with the Mitchells. He knows what they're like. He's covered up enough stuff for Ben, so he knows that he, you know, he knows that this sort of stuff does mm. go on in the Mitchell household. So I don't think it was an entirely unreasonable thing for him to say. Did you have nothing to do with this, Benjamin? Really? But to murder but then a... so the Mitchells don't, or at least Phil has never directly has. killed anyone. No, that's ben true. Has, he though. killed Heather, hasn't he? And um... and I'm assuming Callum knows about Heather. Oh, they must have talked about Heather while they were after, you know. Again, we haven't seen that, but we'll assume that it has happened. Mm. Uh, and. <laughs> Yeah, so but then you know Ben gets all outraged about it, and then it's like Callum goes, "All right, well I've asked, you, I've given you something for you to be angry, I've got something to be angry about, so here's something for you to be angry about," and then just tells him absolutely everything that went on with the the bugging operation that went on with Di Gaffney, everything, and now and then got gets completely outraged and decides that clearly this influence that he's had on Callum has turned him into this human being that doesn't deserve to be hurt anymore or something. <laughs> But no, that's the thing, isn't it? Ben Ben made quite a nice speech, to be fair, in the kitchen where he said, I've what a speech. I've I've ruined you. <laughs> like when I first met you, you were a sweet, innocent young man and you know And I ruined you and I, in a park. <laughs> yeah, well and and many other places. And Yes. And, but it is the way Callum went. Oh no! I've I've always had that inside of me. It's just that you brought it out of me. You know? <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. You're turning sorry, this into an innuendo off. game. <laughs> ah, child. Do you think if Callum hadn't met Ben, do you think Callum mm. would be the he character be, he is he'd be now? Straight. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> he'd be straight. That's he'd true. Still be with Whitney. Well, no, because it, well, um, yes, but would he still have the, the? He'd still have the gay tendency. You know, we knew that he had that affair with the army soldier because he's he like guys walking past him going, mm, "I smell queer." Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you think? Do you think Callum would be as damaged as Ben kind of painted him as being this week? Or do you is th- Callum that damaged? I mean, he's trying. I mean, to be fair, I he, Ben has a point. He is. And I would imagine that Ben is quite a, I, what's the polite word to use here, perhaps slightly exhausting person to be with in a relationship, <laughs> I'd argue. So considering that he has basically forced Callum to go against his, against his own morals in a lot of ways while he's been a copper, there have been several occasions where, by rights, Ben should be back in prison since they've been together and Callum has sort of arranged it so that they're not. I don't, so I think he has a point and I think it's interesting actually to look at Ben having a sort of, look at himself and looking at the impact that he's had on Callum and actually examine the journey that Callum's been on because of him. Hmm. That's quite an interesting thing to look at. It's clearly, a lot of it is based around the fact that Ben will get over himself and realise that Callum has gone against him and he's been a grass and all that kind of thing. And then it just goes straight back to Route 1 Mitchell. Grasses are bad, so you must now suffer. Yeah. I mean, will Ben... And Phil's going to find out and it's all going to go wrong. <laughs> well, this is it. Will Ben forgive Callum? Then Phil finds out. Will Phil he find will. out? Yeah, but do you yeah, think Phil will? Yeah, he'll tell Phil. He'll tell Phil, and then Ben will get over it and go, all right, I should probably go to the wedding. <laughs> and then he'll turn up at the wedding, and Phil will 
and he'll be over it while Phil is still raging around going, Ah, Phil smash! Um, and then Phil will be the one that really sends things flying, I think. Literally, he'll start throwing tables and chairs around at the wedding and all of this sort of thing, I imagine. We have the little matter of also Whitney, uh, because she can't make it to the funeral now, because she forgot about val- validating right. her passport. <laughs> six, that's what? A, everyone knows that. I didn't know this. I knew fair. that, so yeah. Validity, six months. I didn't, know, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> know this at all. But I would have thought the biggest issue was the fact that COVID's really bad around Dubai at the right, moment. Yeah. So maybe that would stop you going to <laughs> Dubai. You know, maybe just use that and I would have accepted that completely. I mean, but no. Sonia also is going to Dubai now to give Martin moral support. But off air, I did say to you that Sonia is slowly becoming a super spreader of this <laughs> of COVID. Yeah, she's just going around to all these countries. <laughs> so Sonia is the sole reason why COVID is to the thing. <laughs> she invented the vaccine and then she went around the world trying to get money to, to build it up. That's what Sonia's plan is. Her surname is now Pfizer. Um, yep. So she Sonia Pfizer Fowler. <laughs> So, um, so Martin and Sonia are off then to Dubai. Whitney's staying at home. What about Whitney? Do you well, what, think? Yeah. Whit- well, do you think Whitney is going to be egged on by Grey to gatecrash the wedding too? Um, I would imagine that if I mean, I'm trying to talk about like trying to put any logic in Grey's brain at the moment. I would imagine that his idea, he would want to kind of keep Whitney close at the moment and stop her sort of lashing out in all directions while he, because now his plan is to be with Whitney now, isn't it? That's essentially, because she's gone, so he's, his plan is now to sort of cement Whitney in his family and to have Whitney for himself. So the sensible thing for Grey to do here would be to keep her very quiet and keep her very placid, stop her kicking off at the wedding and work on bringing the Mitchells down together rather than letting her loose <laughs> and sort of going around carrying knives and making out she wants to stab people. Mm. But, you know, it's Grey and this is the guy that pushes people into railway lines when there should be security cameras watching him. So who knows where he, what he's going to do. <laughs> I mean, Whitney is, you can tell that she's slowly getting more and more wound up by Ben. Mm. She's kind of succeeded by getting Callum on her side, but then didn't realise kind of what the outcome of that would have been. I mean, if she, yeah. if she knows the wedding is taking place and she's already shown that she's not that, happy about it because she obviously uh, as, she's uh, bought an outfit for the funeral that she can't wear anymore so she might as well turn, yeah, some sort yeah, of turn up with a black dress and a veil yeah. um and don't forget she also had her own wedding uh ruined by ben yeah, yeah. is there potential there you know they like symmetry on the show <laughs> can, you imagine she just, can you imagine if she just turns up and knocks ben out and then walks down the aisle herself <laughs> <laughs> I'd like that. Yeah, That'd yeah. well, there's potential there, perhaps. There you go. There we go. Right, so that was EastEnders this week. So before we sign off, we're going to do a special I Ain't Want to Gossip where we're going to be talking about a couple of guest characters that are coming onto the show. And you know me, I ain't one to gossip. We're going to start with a, a story that uh, Matt Grocott has shared on our Facebook page. Which is the announcement that Danny Dyer's daughter, Danny Dyer... (laughs) (laughs) Genius. How did he think of that? Yeah, I don't know how he thought of that. It must have taken him years. It's going to join EastEnders for one episode as a cab driver. Hmm. So she is making a little cameo. It's going to be appearing as a taxi driver. And I'll read the story. Danny Dyer will make EastEnders real family viewing by joining dad, Danny (laughs) Dyer, on the soap as a cab driver. The actress debuts next month alongside her father's long-running character, Mick Carter, in the BBC One drama. Producers were particularly pleased with the casting because Danny, 43, and Love Island winner, 
Danny, 24, are already in the same COVID bubble, which requires less filming restrictions. That actually makes a lot of sense. What, for one scene? Uh, that's that's their argument. That's a good it? excuse. That's a good excuse. <laughs> a TV insider said, soap fans are going to be thrilled to see father and daughter acting opposite each other. Are you thrilled, Alex? I'm ecstatic. I'm lactating. <laughs> Unlike some other celebrities who, co- who come on the show, she won't be playing herself. She will be playing a cabbie who picks up Mick in the street. But it's only a small role and not one which bosses are planning on keeping as an ongoing character. I mean, they missed a trick there. Could they have not made her another daughter that Mick didn't know he had? <laughs> I mean, it would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, I don't watch Love Island. I don't know if you do. Uh, um, no, never. Not once. No. Not I even in passing. Will, but... No, and it annoys me that it's such that it's so successful. But <laughs> that's that's happening. But uh, I mean, uh, for th- anyone who watches it, I'm sure it's a great show. We should justify it somehow. <laughs> sure. The <laughs> um, it's just saying in the article that unlike some other celebrities who come on the show, she won't be playing herself, which links us nicely into Alex. Well, yes, because guess who else is coming onto the soap playing themselves? <laughs> And that is Harry Redknapp. Um, anyone outside of the UK probably don't know who Harry, Harry Redknapp is. He's a he's a former football player, then turned manager. He actually used to be the manager for Pompey, the Portsmouth football team, when I still used to live down oh, yeah. south. So I know that a lot of people there don't like him very much because there's a bitter a bitter rivalry between Southampton and Portsmouth football clubs. Um, and uh, he was very successful with uh, Pompey or the Portsmouth football club. So there you go. But um, now he's more known as being a contestant on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Yeah, did he King win of it? The jungle. Oh, he did win it. Yeah, okay. King of the Jungle. Yeah, he was. I think he was the. I think he was the last winner of. Them going to the jungle, I want to say. Oh yeah, because last year it was before, in Wales, before they wasn't had to it? Go to the castle. Mm. Yeah, and mm. probably this year will be as well. Not this if Sonia's got anything to is... say about it. <laughs> no, that's true. This is random, Alex. Why is this happening? <laughs> I really don't know. To be perfectly honest with Why you. Why do I feel that this has got something to do with Mick as well? It has got something to do with Mick. Yes. Yes. Oh, what a surprise! It's, it's going to be. It's going to incorporate the the Carters in one way or another. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they're doing something Bet along those lines. Bits. I think it's I think it's a football storyline because obviously Mick has dabbled in coaching before he yes, started having his panic attacks. True. So, so him and Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I think Stuart's involved too, if I uh, have read the article uh, correctly. But it's again, it's a can bit. Can you imagine if he's amazing? Can you imagine if he's absolutely <laughs> stunning? <laughs> like acts everyone else off the screen, and all of a sudden it's like, wow, soap award-winning Harry Redknapp. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not holding out a lot of hope, but it's uh, unlikely. But I like, we'll I like to be surprised. It's, it's fluff, isn't it? Let's be honest. This it's is very, just fluff, and it's, it's a way of hopefully pulling a rating um which for some bizarre reason you know write good stories for crying out loud write good stories and get this might the, be a good story get the audience involved i'm pretending I'm you never said that Rob. i'm trying i'm trying <laughs> right i'm trying i'm playing devil's advocate i mean it's not like the the heyday of when like you could inv- invite a, a guest character like boris johnson coming into the vic um and i people... tried to get that that happened <laughs> you know and peggy was like oh my god it's boris um you know it was it was a bit of fun but it feels like they're actually i don't know it just feels it just feels so annoying that they're kind of doing this as a way of kind of pulling people in. I mean, if they're going to do it alongside of an interesting story, not necessarily a story with Mick or, you know, the Carters, but another story that could maybe 
people who haven't been watching EastEnders for a little while might be reinvested into doing alongside Harry Redknapp coming on for a week or Danny Dyer driving a taxi cab, <laughs> then fine. But I just fear that they're literally just doing it as just a stunt, a publicity stunt. I tell you what, she can't. He, can, I mean, I'd like to imagine that he can't be any worse than when Lorraine Kelly appeared in Coronation Street I've... because that was that <laughs> i've watched that i've watched that that's when gail uh, shot an arrow at her didn't she? stupid wee woman <laughs> can't be any worse than that please for the love of god oh yeah no i mean this is my point though like you know emmerdale we've got the vivienne coming who won uh, again why of all the soaps to, to like have this glamorous drag queen turn up you can imagine it in coronation street you know with manchester pride it's set near it's set in a city mm. you know London, again, EastEnders, you could quite imagine the Vivian turning up at the Albert or something like that. Emmerdale, this Yorkshire village that's going to have this glamorous drag queen, this famous drag queen turn up in the village. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. If this was an Emmerdale podcast, Alex, I'd be kicking off. Would you? And See, I'd be very yeah, pleased if they announced that. You'd be that. excited. Yeah. yeah. They could have, RuPaul's Drag Race is a BBC show, so they could get someone to come get? to Emmerdale. What do we get? We get Harry Redknapp and Danny Dyer's well. daughter. <laughs> well, unless, unless they dress up Harry Redknapp as a drag queen. That's a possibility. Yeah, it is a possibility. <laughs> I was stunned temporarily into silence there at the, at the image of uh, Harry Redknapp in drag. Who uh, knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Well, there we go. If you do want to get in touch with us, Rob has the details right now. You can contact us on Twitter, Instagram at Wolford Weekly. You can find us on Facebook at Wolford Weekly Podcast. On YouTube, don't forget to like, subscribe, click the bell to get notifications about Ben's spoiler videos. And you can listen to us on Apple, Podbean, Spotify, or any of your favourite podcast sites. A plethora of them that are out there. Contact us on our email addresses, robwolfordweekly at gmail.com or alexwolfordweekly at gmail.com. We will be back next week. And until then, Alex... Be there or be Albert Square. See you next week. Bye.